and welcome to Population Health Plugin, a show highlighting current public health issues in our community and topics of interest to students across the university. My name is Elena Kidd and I'm a program manager in the Office of Public Health Practice at the University of Alabama at Birmingham School of Public Health. And I'm very excited to be joined today by Ms. Rosalind Robinson. Ms. Robinson currently holds the position of the Assistant Manager of the Family Care Coordinator Program at LifeLink of Georgia, which is a nonprofit community service organization dedicated to the recovery of life-saving and life-enhancing organ and tissues for transplantation therapy. She is also an alumna of the UAB School of Public Health and has a Master's of Public Health and International Health and Epidemiology. Ms. Robinson joined us earlier today for career conversations, but we wanted to invite her back to also do a podcast to learn more about what she's been up to since she graduated from the School of Public Health. And so we really appreciate you being here today and taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. Thank you, Elena. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since you graduated from the UAB School of Public Health? You currently work at LifeLink of Georgia. What is LifeLink and what do you do for your current position? Sure. Shortly after graduating, I began working as a program coordinator um, at UAB School of Medicine and the Department of Preventive Medicine uh, in the Department of Recruitment and Retention under Dr. Mona Fouad there at UAB. Uh, and then I was recruited as a clinical coordinator position, similar to what I do now, uh, but this was in Life Gift in Houston, Texas. Uh, and I got a very enriching experience while out in Texas learning about organ and tissue donation and working with donor families. After working there about a year, I returned back to the Southeast and I accepted a position as a family care coordinator at LifeLink of Georgia. And I have been there approximately 15 years and I'm currently the assistant manager of the family care coordinator program. So what do you do as the assistant manager of the family care coordinator program? What types of responsibilities, job duties does that entail? So there are a number of responsibilities and job duties that it entails. I lead a team of 12 family care coordinators. I'm responsible for the continued training and education of the staff. I ensure that staff adheres to federal, state, hospital, and company policies regarding the donation process. I gather and analyze team performance uh, indicators to identify potential weaknesses and potential improvements for use by senior, senior management and staff meetings. And I facilitate various meetings and committees for process improvement and quality control. So what first interested you in working with a nonprofit community service organization like LifeLink? What do you do, uh, enjoy most about working there? So LifeLink is a nonprofit organization which has a mission of saving lives and providing life-saving organ transplant. LifeLink is a, uh, one of the 58 organizations across the country that do what LifeLink does. Um, and for LifeLink of Georgia, we serve a population of nearly 10 million, which consists of 159 counties and 193 hospitals and two uh, of them being in South Carolina. So I would say what really um, inspired me to want to be a part of their mission is the impact that it has on saving lives. Uh, approximately 21 people die each day waiting on a life-saving organ. And a lot of the barriers that keeps people from getting transplanted is making sure that they have the education they need to be able to make uh, the decision when the time comes to say yes to that important question which you like to help someone else um, by donating a life-saving organ. So the impact that their mission has on everyday life uh, is what speaks to me. 
Uh, and that's why I, I chose to, um, to pursue a career at LifeLink. That's great. So switching topics just a little bit, you graduated with your MPH in International Health and Epidemiology. What made you choose public health for your graduate degree? It seemed like the most logical choice given my science background. Throughout my undergraduate work, I was a research assistant in the Department of Neuropathology. So I naturally gravitated toward anything to do with research. And although working in the laboratory was very enriching, I was looking for the opportunity to have a more interaction with the public. Uh, so the School of Public Health was the perfect balance for me. Starting the program, I knew that the international health section had a study abroad portion, and I was really looking forward to that part of the program. Uh, and overall, I was really impressed that as a student, I had access to professors that conducted research abroad. What experiences or opportunities at the School of Public Health prepared you for your career? I know you mentioned your internship and in the career conversations, you mentioned that you did your internship abroad. Did that have any impact on your current position and kind of your trajectory in your career? I think anytime you have the opportunity to immerse yourself in a culture different than your own, it broadens your perspective um, and it gives you the ability to connect in a different way with many different populations. And I think having that experience of being able to travel to Guatemala for three months, um, not only just to do the research that I did in the elderly in that population and the health promotion that I did and the data collection, but being able to really get to know the culture and work with the principal investigator there, that um, opportunity to travel throughout the country of Guatemala and have those experience, I think I definitely bring that back to the work that I do now. The Latino population is one of the fastest growing populations in our nation and being able to meet those needs uh, are very important and being able to have that connection um, with many different populations by immersion and having different experiences definitely benefited me. So that study abroad was, I think, very much uh, a part of who I am now. And I will say, Elena, that research surrounded uh, about health indicators in the um, Latin American community and how, as they immigrated, those health indicators changed due to culture. In minority populations and in Latino populations, we have high rates of of hypertension and diabetes. So oftentimes when I'm talking to donor families, their cause of death could be due to the complications of diabetes or to uh, cardiovascular disease. So having that background and having that knowledge definitely is an asset to what I do. And it brings to the job a lot of compassion and understanding um, when working with diverse populations. And so that rolls really well into my next question for you. How does your education and experience relate to what you're doing now? How do you use your degree, your experiences, opportunities that you gained while you're at the School of Public Health in your current position? Well, I say one of the skills or one of the experiences that I did have um, is our classes throughout the School of Public Health required you to work in teams. We depended on, one each, on each other as students to develop papers, to make presentations, to um, your grade depended on it, uh, trusting your classmate and working in teams and groups. And I will say in the real world or in my current job, to be able to get processes to move fluidly, it's very important to be able to build partnerships and relationships and work within teams to be able to foster those relationships is definitely something that 
I feel like I was able to lay the groundwork during my education in the School of Public Health. The collaborative attitude is important for improving any process and fostering positive outcomes. And that's so good to hear you say, because I've definitely noticed that too. You never do anything on your own in the real world. You always are surrounded by a team and um, have to work with team members to accomplish a project or a goal. Um, how has your work experience differed from what you imagined it would be? In what way? To be honest, I never imagined that there was a career path for a family care coordinator. Um, it has been amazing to see the growth and maturity of the role that I'm currently in across the country. Uh, when I arrived at LifeLink of Georgia back in 2005, there were only five family care coordinators um, and there was no manager of the department uh, directly. Since then, our staff has doubled that number as we've uh, collaborated across country for best practices for working with families. Um, and since then, the number of organ and tissue donors through all that collaboration um, has increased as well. I am truly humbled by this role. And I will say my biostatistics, health behavior, policy, infectious disease classes more than aided me in the success that I have found in my current role. And then in your bio, you also mentioned that you volunteer with Camp Horizon. In the School of Public Health, we encourage community engagement. Can you tell us how that involvement has made an impact in your life or how other volunteer opportunities have made an impact in your life? Sure. As I mentioned uh, in the earlier um, webinar, volunteering is a part of who I am. Being able to give back uh, when you've been given so much. I'm so grateful for all the opportunities that I've had to be able to get an education through my undergrad degree, through my master's degree, um, being able to, to give back to my community for others to have an opportunity is very important to me and is very much a part of who I am. Uh, and I think I mentioned earlier that I am a member of Delta Sigma Theta, which is a public service organization that is near and dear to my heart. Beyond that, I when I settled in the state of Georgia, I looked for similar volunteer opportunities for nonprofits uh, and organizations that were making an impact that I could see within the community. Uh, and I found Camp Horizon. And I actually found them indirectly through a camp called Camp One O'Clock for kids with bleeding disorders. However, the one thing I noticed um, in comparison to all the camps that were a part of Camp Twin Lakes, Camp Horizon did not have advocates. There are no parents raising money. There are no aunts and uncles that are raising money um, to make sure that these kids have what they need and a lot of their situations are dire and things that I would never have imagined had I not been a part of this camp. And this camp is dedicated to restoring the dignity and hope to children in the Georgia foster care system. Um, and they have several programs to support this effort. And as you can imagine, we're never truly uh, an adult just because we turn 18. The camp from a very young age until they're young adults, they still provide them mentorship, job training, and then just advice, having someone there to give the youth advice uh, and support over the years is very important. And a lot of times these children will come back and support the camp as well. Um, and over the years, I've volunteered in very different capacities as a counselor, as a camp staff member, as planning chair committee, and as a board member. And I will say the camp has given me more than I probably have ever been able to give it because all of those skills from volunteering with camp, uh, community uh, development, advocacy, those are all things that I use in my current position. And I know that they intertwine these skill sets uh, from what I learned in public health, from what I 
using volunteering and then definitely um, how I operate within my current position as well. And I encourage others definitely to support these types of efforts. In your opinion, what can students do while they're in school to prepare them to enter the workforce and start their careers? The biggest thing is to use your time wisely. Seek out opportunities to volunteer. Uh, and I said earlier, have a mission-focused mindset. Don't chase a job. Chase a mission. Know what um, what your your goal is and be intentional about that goal. Look to see whether a company or an industry aligns with what that mission is. And when you get up every day to go to work, you know you're inspired and you're um, very happy to be able to contribute to that. Um, participate in internships, of course. Ask to volunteer, ask to shadow. Um, if you find something that you're interested in or you think you may be interested in, oftentimes corporations and industries allow you to just shadow their employees to see what it's like a day in the life of, of doing that job and what skills that you may need or you feel you may need to be able to do that particular position. That's great advice. And for students who are looking to work, particularly with a nonprofit community organization, LifeLifeLink, Life Life Link, do you have any advice for them? Again, I would say some of the same um, bit of advice. Uh, do your homework, research the company, uh, see if the nonprofit sector is actually a good fit for you. Uh, and then take the opportunity to, um, through our uh, social networking, to reach out to employees and make connections. And more than anything, I would say for students, um, your connections and your relationships are so important to your career success. Um, and I can't say that enough. Um, a lot of times when we're looking for employees, a lot of clinical and science information, I feel like I can teach, but I, it's very difficult to find someone with the, the perfect or the the polished uh, interpersonal skills uh, that are needed. So those skill, those soft skills, skill sets are very important. I know through our education process, we find ourselves packing in and learning a lot of information, which is, is very important, but the emotional intelligence and those interpersonal skills are also very important to um, your success. So Ms. Robinson, for students who wanna learn more about LifeLink or how to become a donor, uh, where should they go for that information? To more, learn more about LifeLink, you can go to lifelinkfoundation.org. That's L-I-F-E-L-I-N-K-F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N.org. You can also go to unos.org, U-N-O-S.org, and that's the United Network for Organ Sharing. You can find lots of a wealth of information regarding transplant organ donation within the nation. Uh, and if you find uh, that information speaks to you and you want to actually register, you can go to registerme.org to become a registered donor. And I encourage everyone to talk to your family about your decision and your desire to, to help someone. We want to thank you so much again for being here and taking time to talk with us and sharing your story with our listeners. So thank you for listening and please tune in next time for another episode of Population Health Plugin. 